Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing the latest show in our must-watch category, Season 2 of Louie. How are you doing, Damask? I'm really good. How are you? I'm all right. I want to uh, just uh, preface this episode by saying a uh, formal apology for the amount of echo you're probably <laughs> going to hear in this one. We've changed uh, our normal recording space to Damask's house for today yes. um, because apparently she's busy because she has to get ready to go overseas for like a month or something like no, that. No, I'm just very important and I've got a lot of things to do. So so I had to bring the podcast to her this time or whatever. <laughs> so if you uh, yeah, if you get a bit of yeah, an echo, that's why. for you that you had to come to my house for once. I know. I own a car too. Like I can actually drive places. Yes. You're a jerk. <laughs> uh, spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one and two of Louie. If you've not yet watched Louie, pause the podcast, watch it, then come back and join us if you'd like. Otherwise, proceed with caution, but just know that you have been warned and there are spoilers ahead. All right, quick breakdown. Season two of Louis continues the episodic adventures of stand-up comedian and single father of two girls, Louis C.K. This season consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 22 minutes, with the exception of a 41-minute special episode, and took us approximately five hours and 10 minutes to watch. Damask, do you have a story breakdown for us this of, season? Of course I don't, because like last season of Louis... Um, there's not a, like an overarching narrative. So if you haven't watched it, it's about a single father who's a comedian, um, making his way through life in New York city, trying to find love from time to time. And also just trying to get laid sometimes. And that counts as love. I mean, depends it's how a, you do it, I guess. It's a form of love. It's no, it's, it's a not. part of love. Okay, fine. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Self-love? There's a bit of, there's a bit of self-love bit talk of self-love in this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fair enough. All right. Well, let's just get straight into it. I think this is going to be a little bit of a quick and dirty episode, which it is going to suit Damask. It's yeah. going to suit Damask down to the ground, I think, because she needs I'm to catch a dirty. flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it. Uh, all right. Let's just start with the basics. General thoughts on Louis season two. What do you think, Damask? Um, I'm trying to remember back because it's been almost a week since I actually watched it. Uh, I, I liked it. I definitely liked it. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same as last season. So, my so you just found it like just of, a continuation yeah, of where season one left totally. off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what, what were your thoughts? I liked it more than season one. Oh, generally. Really? Yeah, I did. And, um, it just felt a little more, uh, confident overall. It, Which is what you wanted. Cause I remember yeah. like last time you were talking about, that's where you expected it to go. Yeah. And it was, it was, 
I think I expected it to, I mean, it was, they had some pretty dark moments in here, some depressing sort of things going on, a few episodes in particular. Um, but it didn't go quite as dark as I thought it might. Maybe that's still coming in later seasons. Yeah, I, mean, I think I was just waiting for the one-two punch of emotion that didn't yeah. exactly come or it didn't come in the way that I was maybe hoping for, yeah. Yeah, but I found that overall I found it funnier or I found it more effective because one of the things we talked about last time was that the the sort of format of the show are these like one to two long skits that sort of make up a show with the broken up by his sets on stage doing stand-up. Mm. Um, and I found just about every single one of them overall more effective than last seasons in that some of I know remember there was a weird thing I said last time about the idea of like wanting a punchline and these things that they sort of sometimes they just built up to nothing and they yeah. never got to a thing nearly every one of them got to a point where I was like oh okay I understand your comment here I understand your perspective now I understand sort of what you're trying to communicate here it's um, a clearer purpose yeah, yeah yeah and it was still though it could still be full of a lot of like random strange, silly moments or whatever it might be, but it would get, there would be, there'd be a mini arc in just about every one. And like I've said in the past, I'm a simple man with simple needs. And I really like it when there's an arc, when there's like a story in there, that Louis comes to a conclusion or realization or a feeling at the end of that. Mm. I really like that. Um, and that happened consistently. And so I was constantly more engaged and constantly laughing more. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would agree in, if, if we're talking about the shorts in between the actual stand-up, I found the stand-up less effective. Sure, okay. I, I, I thought that it wasn't as um, – I just don't think it was as solid as or as uh, as good as the previous season. It's funny. I, I almost remove the stand-up as like being filler. I don't look at that – it's like it's like the joining material. It's like the glue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't – even you might be right. I haven't thought about that too much because I don't consider it as much as what else is going on in the show. It's the yeah. I think because I just have such a high expectation of Louis C.K. stand up, sure, so that when it's okay. not to that standard, um, it's a little disappointing. And obviously, I understand that, like in those scenes where he's at the comedy club, you know, it's um, when a comic is working through his material and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And then obviously we see like the final product in like a comedy special or whatever. Um, so I, I kind of understand that it's a little bit of that, but still I, I just wanted it to be a bit better. Sure. You want those yeah. ones to be funnier. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Um, yeah. I can't begrudge it for it not being the highlight of the show. I'm, I would rather it be. Yeah the joining material and the rest of the, the, the skits or those mm. more cinematic well, that's pieces. The meat, to, isn't it? I yeah. think so personally. The other is just, yeah, seasoning just to get us there. Um, or the, the something in between the main courses. Uh, the f- sort of the production side of the show as well, you can feel the budget has improved a little bit. The I think things are a lot cleaner, a lot sharper the whole way through. There are some really, really compellingly shot pieces in there. There's a there's an episode called Come on God, which is exclusively about masturbation, where there is yeah. a bit that is, I don't know, it's just shot really compellingly to me. It's just what him. What part is that? The bit where he comes back after being on the interview, being on the talk show and he's at home and he's like undo, oh, he's been out doing groceries and he's starting to unpack things and he puts the music on and then he goes to sit down and he's thinking about 
this woman that he saw in the elevator and stuff mm. like that. And I don't know. It's like the way they place the camera when he's sitting down the couch yeah. and the way that they're using the camera and the even just the way it's lit and stuff that. was not even when he was at home, but just the sequence of when he's in the elevator and the like in the fantasy and he's and he's yeah. trying to shove a bag of dicks bag of in dicks. inside her. It's me. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was great. Yeah, and it felt like even though it was a fantasy, it did feel like dreamlike and just kind of absurd. With you know, his Asian elderly neighbor comes <laughs> in and just trying to give him some tips as to uh, whether or not he can stick a bag of dicks, bag of dicks inside her vagina. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was particularly funny. Yeah. The, but yeah, I just guess um, production wise, did you notice much in the way it was shot this time around? Did it? Honestly, no, I didn't. Didn't really. It, it felt kind of same same to me. It was. It had a very similar style. It was still very handheld a lot of the times. And episode one in particular, actually, there's a couple of shot choices where I'm like, I don't know who your tip DOP is. He's not really trying here at this point. There was just a. It was a. It was a. And we're guilty of this. We've got a show that's we're making at the moment. That's just like. Uh, two closes and a twofer. Oh yes, yeah. constantly. <laughs> but but compared to the rest of the show, it was like oh, this is missing. I don't know. There's so often these beautiful long takes where the camera will just follow Louis or mm. be in one position or move around a little bit that actually look quite good in the right circumstances. Mm. It can be lit very 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 well and and look really nice. Um, it's still not. It's not coming anywhere near close to what they're doing on like Game of Thrones or Westworld or something like that. But but it was Which is where it should be. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm expecting. I want CGI dragons in my Louis C.K. Yeah. Um I want to see those CGI dicks inside the bag, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Who doesn't want that? Um but the I want to see the like the behind the scenes, like how they green screened in the dicks. Like yeah, 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 that yeah. there was the man, the green yeah. screen, it's like Andy in the morph suit. Yeah. Like all the different dicks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see that. <laughs> Um, He's come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> he can do anything. He can. <laughs> he can be anything. Uh, he, yeah, but it was it was just a little bit mm, smoother, slicker, more pleasant to watch overall. Not dramatically at times, but sometimes you go, "Oh, do they a little bit of a bumper there?" I like that. Mm. Um, some of the other things we talked about in the last episode was they did this thing where during the credit sequence, they would, sometimes they would show like um, a little adjunct, like a little epilogue to a story, or they might show an outtake from him on stage, or they might yeah. show uh, like an oh, outtake. Sorry, the credit sequence during at the, the end. Sequence at the yeah, end yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, the end credit sequence, or a little outtake with the actor's and what was going on there. Mm. Did you notice them as much this season? I did just because we had spoken about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it didn't bother me as much, but I still kind of wish they didn't exist at all. Some of them were good. Some of them, Which ones were good? Well, some of them were really were more related to the story still. Would be like something with him like doing something with his kids. They were like painting or whatever. And it was just like – so it was the episode where so he was talking about moving So the ones that aren't actual like so, outtakes. Yeah, yeah, the ones that are more yeah, like – I don't have a problem with those. It's the ones that are like it's not in character that kind of bothers me. And it's about like the making of – Sure. There was one good one. That, there was one that I liked if it wasn't in that context, which was um, when they went to – I can't remember the name of the episode – Country Drive where they go to visit his Aunt Ellen. Oh, yeah, that's – yeah. And it's really interesting. She's How old did she say she was? She was like – like 87 or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And this just very old actress with her beautiful English accent mm. talk. And she'd been playing this like 
racist American, you know, um, yeah. yokel. I don't know. But anyway. Everyone's a racist aunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone's a racist aunt basically. And just that was a really interesting discussion to see, but it was like, oh, it sucks that you put this in here. Unless, I don't know, was the purpose of putting that in there to go, don't worry, I know she's convincingly racist old lady, but she's not actually a racist <laughs> old lady, just so you know she's an actress like everybody else in here? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, I'm going to use the, the term in and of itself. Yes. I enjoyed it. Ah, the Damascus classic. Yeah, we'll put that on a t shirt one day. I've been using it more than you. You have. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that drinking game genuinely worked and we stopped <laughs> using it. Um, I get, yeah, I liked it, but I just, I mean, put that in as a DVD extra. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to be watching it yeah. in, in the it show. It didn't add anything to the show. No. If I did, wasn't there, as cute as it was, eh, yep. probably didn't It's like um, in last season, one of those um, sequences at the end, we see the woman who's playing the older version of Louis' mum mm-hmm. and she's kind of like doing an improv and she's like hysterical and stuff. I'm like, you know, it's it was cool for me to see like an, an old actress like being able to do something really funny, um, but... I don't need to see that at the end of the show because yeah. it's so different to the character she played. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, just on that, just we're talking about his Louis' mum. How many brothers and sisters does Louis have? <laughs> that was one of my questions. I'm like, have have we mentioned a sister before? Is this the same sister? Who least, is this? Well, yeah. There's like, I think it's and maybe two it's the same sisters. sister. Maybe there's two sisters. Yeah, but, the well, brother is in it last season for a couple of episodes that we haven't seen once this season. I don't think. No, yeah. Uh, Mum gets mentioned a few times. Well, I don't think there was any mention of a sister in season one when they were doing like that Catholic episode. Like no. it was two brothers. And so yeah. I, I think he's just added a sister for, um, for well, the, the first episode when obviously he needs a pregnant sibling. Yeah. And then later on when um she drops off her, her daughter, his niece. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he's just, I think that's just part of the show. Like there was yeah. one, because um, I've, you know, read interviews before where he's just happy to like put in whatever actor, whatever suits, um, he'll change it on a whim or like whatever he he wants the story to do. And it was actually one episode, uh, the Halloween episode, and he's walking his daughters down the street. And I noticed yeah. like, I recognized the youngest one and then the other one was black. I'm like, oh, he's just recast one of his daughters as a young black girl. And then I realized, no, she's just in blackface. <laughs> I'm shaking my head that that happened, <laughs> that that you thought that. That's really funny. Clearly the quality of, um, like, I wasn't watching a great quality um, video video of it because she just looked like a little black girl. And then when, it, when she started- <laughs> With a beard. Did yeah. you think she was like a- was he, Did he recast her? <laughs> oh, we just recast her as a tiny black man. That's cool. That's very diverse. What did you think um, of that moment? That's a really- It's such a tiny moment in that episode. I, I, I mean, mean did I don't know what girls, think. Well- the, uh, I'm not great on American I mean, history, African-American history, but he, uh, what's the name of the man that she was dressed up as? Oh, isn't it the one that Donald Trump like kind of alluded is still alive? Yes. What's, I can't remember his name. Neither can I. I mean, oh, I'm not American, it. so I'm not feeling that bad about it. Is there a ha- like Harrison either first or last name? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Hold okay. On. No, I got it wrong. It's this, there's no Harrison. It's Frederick Douglass. Again, not American. Don't know American history. And I'm wishing him good health. <laughs> um, so, was an African-American social reformer, abolitionist, orator, writer, and statesman. And he died in 1895. Right. Cool. So, go yep. on, if he was still going, he'd be going strong at like yep. nearly 200. Okay. Yes. Um, so, that's a really interesting thing to have... <laughs> To have a little girl... Is that who she was? That's definitely who she yes, was? Yes, yeah, yeah okay. 
the dress up as an African-American man with blackface mm. who is known for, so just going off that description there, civil rights movement type stuff, like African-American. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess so pre, pre-civil rights being a Pre-civil, thing, yeah. just kind of being an abolitionist and yeah. Yeah, social reformer, I guess, yeah. So <laughs> that's a hot take there, Louis. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like sometimes he does things like that and I – like, I don't know what to make of them because in, situa- in a situation like that, I kind of need to be told what's going on and what to think of and what the statement is because, like, I'm so ignorant. It couldn't affect us less. Yeah, so yeah. I'm so ignorant to it. So I'm like, oh, what's, what does that mean? What, like, I don't want to interpret it in the wrong way. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know what it was or what the reasoning was. I mean, I think... I mean, it was, I, it was funny to see this little white girl dressed as a, a tiny little black man. Like the visual itself is funny if you remove obviously all the political <laughs> incorrectness of that. But beyond that, I don't know what it is. I, I think, I mean, the thing is it's only funny because it's so anti-PC. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It, but in it's trying like to be, you- like what he's making fun <laughs> of is like being non-PC in an extremely... PC way in a way like you, if you're going to choose <laughs> yeah. a person to you know dress yeah. up as and in theoretically like she's interested in this guy because she's reading up yeah. on him in school and she like maybe idolizes him is interested in him mm. so there's a uh, there's a form of flattery that yeah. is going there's on there. There's a respect there. There's a respect there. But a but m- misunderstanding of like how you actually respect how, someone, yes. Yes, exactly. Which is, mm. that's that's what makes it funny. I mean, it and that's just, what the statement is. Yeah. And that's why it's funny in the sense of like when you watch Ricky Gervais uh, in The Office, David Brent says something awfully racist or sexist or whatever it would be. And you laugh because it's so wrong and not because it's funny. Yeah. And that there's an element of that. But it's always weird how well, a couple of times a season Louis does something where I go, God, any he's kind enough. of reaction though. Like to it was that, that one woman who the- was sort of like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the funny thing with like when David Brennan does something, you then like pan to like his yeah. colleagues who were like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that or he did that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was... But it just reminded me of that. So, I mean, it's happened, I feel like, a couple of times. But I think the most recent one was, like, a little boy in Australia dressed up as his favourite football player. Right. Who was, I, can't, I don't know football, but he was a person of colour. Sure. And so he went in blackface and he was obviously, like, told to go home or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. his mother just couldn't understand why. And she's like, oh, but, you know, he loves him, so he wanted to dress as him. I'm like, oh, yeah. There was controversy around the uh, Maui Halloween costumes as well from Moana. Because they're like full body, because he he wears basically just a loincloth, right? The, yeah, and he has tattoos. They basically are like dark skinned, like t- like tight fitting up, upper and lowers that have the tattoos on them, right? Yeah, and like, oh boy, okay, is that really the right thing to be doing as well? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it happens at least once a year. There's some sort of controversy where someone is like. Just dressing in blackface. Like, it's usually around, like, Halloween or something. It's like, Halloween can we just, like, just or, don't do it? Like, what, it's just often stop athletes, doing it. Athletes do it a lot for some yeah. reason. They're really bad at that. Um, but I, mm. something that just made me think of, and this is maybe going a little bit off track here a little bit, but when Louis does something like that, when, so he, when he puts a little girl in blackface... <laughs> right? No, just that statement itself is quite now, funny. I think it's easy. I think... You you wonder you wonder what the thought process is there a little bit. 
it's like it, you can make fun of it because that's a funny, awful thing sort of to do in its own, even if it's got intentions of goodness in it, it's probably not something you should be doing, right? And it's funny to put that in the show because you can laugh at that and you can laugh at him. And it's really interesting that he puts himself in the firing line a little bit for that because it's it's supposed to be a portrayal of himself to some degree. Mm, yeah. And he did that last season as well. It was that massive creep when he was following that woman home from the... Mm. Um, and you sort of wonder yeah. like how aware he is of that stuff. The, and normally I would give comedians the benefit of the doubt on that stuff, right? Lately, and I'm not saying these are the same things, I don't know if you follow like online YouTubers very much. I find the majority of them insufferable. So no, there's a couple that I really like, but generally no. There's one I love called, used to love called Jontron, who is, he's been around for a long time now. He used to be on this thing called Game Grumps and he left and has done a bunch of his own stuff. I found him really funny. He's really, he talks a lot about games and movies and stuff like that. Anyway. Your kind of guy. Yeah. Anyway, turns out he is pretty racist. Um, and like, it's so disappointing when you like someone and you find stuff like that out. You're like, can you please stop talking? I can no longer enjoy anything you do. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. and it makes you look back at what his humor's been like in the past and things that have made you go, that's funny from a cringe perspective. But now I'm going, oh, maybe you actually do like you just think that way. They were being facetious, and it turns out they're actually just being kind of truthful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's so now I've got this like like alarm that goes off when I see something like <laughs> blackface in Louie, I'm going, I, th- I think you're making like fun of like political correctness and stuff mm. like that. But I'm a little bit worried you actually feel this way as well. And you're going to turn around yeah. one day and go, Oh shit. Yeah. Well, there's that great um, little video. It's, it's on YouTube called talking funny and it's with Ricky Gervais, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock and Louis CK. Uh-huh. And um, it's a great panel. It's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. Just their different perspectives of comedy. And they, you know, they're talking about like because Louis C.K. and Chris Rock, they both they both use the N word on mm-hmm. stage, and they just it's it's quite an interesting discussion. I can't really recount it because much of the nuance is going to be lost. Um, in we might add in the show notes if yeah. I... uh, but yeah, it's a really great little video to watch. I think um, just about like you know what is and isn't funny, like um, truthfulness and perspective and just even just like the craft of like doing stand-up. It's very, very good. But yeah, they talk about um, using the N word and why Louis can use it. Right. Um, and it's, it's because like the way he crafts a joke, it like, it's funny. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's once again, it's kind of about like, you know, pun- it's usually punching up, you know what I mean? It's yeah, not, yeah. It's not like beating people down with the word. Totally. Um, there's, there's a point to it. It's, it's, He's crafted the joke so that without that word, it's less funny. And so he uses the word and it kind of, it sells it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, but you have to be very good at what you do to make You have to work. be really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is good at what he does. Speaking of Chris Rock, he was in this season. He ain't shut up in the last he episode. He was, yes. I'm trying to think whether there are other any major celebrity ones. There was, uh, which could be watching... Um, Orange is the New Black. Mm. Um, is it Holly or Polly or whatever her name is? Uh, yeah, Polly. Polly. Yeah, she was she, in it. She was in it. <laughs> I was like, oh. That, that made me laugh a lot. Just that episode where she's um, calling him daddy and then she starts crying. That was, like, <laughs> that was like a great example of when I was saying earlier that this thing had an arc. Like for me, that was just like, that was a great little self-contained 
full joke. Yeah. Start, middle, end. Yeah. Oh, I'm just interested. You look uh, uncomplicated and it's like, I just, I just want, I just have, haven't been late in a while. I just want yep, sex. Casual just sex. Come yep. over. I promise it won't be complicated at my end. <laughs> And at the end of with her just eating ice cream and then wanting to talk about the I PTA just, stuff again, yeah. but just like the shit that went on before I that. I just love when she comes out in the nightgown and then starts putting lotion on, <sighs> like in the least sexy way that you possibly could. It was very good. Very, very good. Like they've been married for 25 years. It was yeah. pretty great. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this, this season does have some really good moments. Very, very good moments. Yeah. I would say most segments had at least one bit in it that I was like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm on board with that. That's funny. And a lot of them I yeah, thought I were really that. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Without getting into really specifics here, um, though we might do that in a second when we start talking about favorite and least favorite stuff. Um, something else I did want to bring up as well, there is a sort of a special episode in this season as well, um, Duckling, uh, episode 11, mm. which goes for about 50 minutes. Yeah. So it's twice as long as sort of a regular episode in which Louis is, goes on a USO tour mm-hmm. of Afghanistan. I had seen this episode before. I um, Really? Yes. I it, think it's how I got into Louis in the first place. I think I was listening to an episode of a podcast. I'm trying to remember back. It's a while ago now. Back when it first was airing, I think. And... Someone on a podcast mentioned this episode specifically, so I went and watched it. And then from like there, they mentioned it as like, "Oh, you got to watch this." Basically, yeah, just they were talking about they were getting into Louis, and they mentioned this episode as being a highlight. And so then, <laughs> cool. Um, I made a face. You made a face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what Damas thinks. The um, that then uh, made me go back and watch. So I'd seen the first three or four episodes of Louis because I went back and started watching, it, and then I didn't continue. Yeah, right. Um, so that was I was like, "Oh wait, I remember this." This is the episode that goes for 50 minutes, isn't it? And then like mm. caught up. Uh, what do you think of that episode? I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Mm-mm. How come? I thought, I just didn't think, well, I didn't think it was very funny. I'm like, where sure. are the jokes in this episode? We, we, we talked a bit about how we kind of thought maybe if there was less jokes, that would be a bad thing all the time if it was going for something else. Or was it trying to be funny and not succeeding? Um... Well, I found like what his stand up when he's on the USO tour, I didn't find funny at all. I get he's like going for like um, male dominated, um, like elbowing each other, <laughs> dick joke funny, which I very rarely will find amusing because I find mm-hmm. it, yeah, basic. Um, Does that make sense in context of where he is and the people? Yeah, he's totally. With but yeah. I think like you, I I think you can craft a dick. Joke that I will laugh at, and I didn't laugh at his ballsack looking. That's a like- quote. I also want that t-shirt. <laughs> I think you can craft a dick joke that I will laugh at. I mean, yes, I, I would wear that t-shirt. <laughs> um, merch coming soon. <laughs> um, and I just Payday. yeah, I found and the ending when he like falls over, like trying to catch the dark, and they're like, oh, now we're friends. I found it overly simplistic. Uh, for a show that like really explores the gray area of life, I'm just like, what is this? Like, what what is this? What is this saying? And you did it just in the most yeah simplistic, basic way that I just it lacks any kind of richness there of like they're like they're at war and the like Americans have invaded their country and it's like oh cute a duck we're all friends the end. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It didn't work for me at all. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think I disliked it. I think I actually liked a lot of it in certain parts. I think there are huge moments of weakness. I think that's ex- extremely good example of that ending. It's so oversimplistic. Mm. And the thing is as well, it's like I look at that and go, well, all those people that they're coming across are obviously actors and it just none of this reads genuine or true. Um, it 
is a very different feeling episode of Louis. And sometimes that's because it's trying to sort of be this snapshot of like, oh, he actually went to Afghanistan and this is just sort of a look at this and look at like what it means to be stationed on a fob or like when comedians fob mean? Ford operating base. One Thank of the you. one of the people talks about it. One of the officers mentioned it to them and I was like, I've listened to uh, Serial Season 2. I know all about the fobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well up to date I on this I stuff. I listened to about three episodes. I'm like, nope, oh, this is not so as good. So good. It gets great. I doubt it. it do- no, you know how Serial Season 1 sort of like get peaks like really early on and then sort of towards the end you're like, oh, they really don't like have anything Like the last to go- three episodes. Like yeah, nothing's really happening anymore. We're not really getting those moments anymore. Uh, Serial Season 2 is much more of a like, it like builds and like mm. as it goes on, it gets more and more mm. interesting and intriguing. And like, it's never the, Ooh, I wonder who did it thing, but it like the intensity of the situation right. and the seriousness of it. Speak, so, this is totally not on the topic of Louis, but speaking of the cereal. So that's okay. <laughs> speaking of cereal, I recently have been Go on. listening to a podcast called Stranglers and oh. it's just finished, but it's really, really good. If you like season one of Serial, I think I think people will like that. Is it true crime or is it... Uh, uh, it's, it's true crime. It's about the Boston Strangler. Oh, okay. Um, and it's from like Earwolf and I love a lot of the stuff they Earwolf. do. Earwolf. Um, yeah, so if you're into Serial, I recommend people listen to that because it's very good. Anyway, getting back to uh, Duckling, the like even the structure of the episode, the whole introduction of he'd have to take the Ducklings home then one and gets put in his case by his daughter and then he's taking that with him along that it ends up sort of being the catalyst for like, I don't know, connecting with... World uh, pace. Yeah. It's oversimplistic is a way of putting it. It just feels more like, like this could be an episode of anything. Like yeah. it, it doesn't, this isn't necessarily feel like an episode of Louis. I definitely felt that in the scenes when, you know, he's like playing soccer and like bonding with the guys mm. and stuff. I'm like, I've definitely seen this before and it doesn't feel like Louis's unique take on what I've seen before. It was missing it like him reiterating sharpness. Something. It was missing wit. It was missing satire. It was missing all of those things that yeah. he would normally ha- have. <clears throat> it's, it feels a little more manicured and for that reason, um, almost propaganda-ish. I don't know. It, it, you worry that's been influenced by too many people on the outside going, you can't, you can't do that. Or you can't do that. Or it mm. has to be this or how they came around to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I, it just mm, it just it always makes me sad when like something's. I mean, obviously being you know pro the troops as in like pro people who are in a really shitty situation just trying to do their job that makes sense to me. But it also makes me sad when people don't comment that a lot of times those people are like you know from like poorer communities or where there isn't like a job market and like it's their only option or a way to get out of a bad situation, and then they come back and then they have like no real services to look after them. Do you think there's a subtle commentary on some of that with like the songs that, is it Kenny or whatever that guy's name oh, is? Oh, the singing? country music guy. Yeah. And sort of the, 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 hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? The celebration of like sacrifice and like what it means to be a patriot and a hero and a soldier. And like, just the sort of like, I've always thought, oh boy, people don't like this. I think I, I, I always have thought for a while, I've thought for a while that American I've always is, thought for a while. Yeah, bad English. <laughs> I've thought for a while that there is unfortunately in some parts of the United States a bit of a cultish 
thing around. I think America has a patriot problem. A patriot problem. It has a, good a way nationalist problem. Yeah. And that's where like you are willing to sacrifice your young men and women for an idea that doesn't really exist anymore. Like the wars that are being fought have nothing to do with nationalism. It has to do with very different things. And a lot of that is like profit and their love of a capitalist society. Yeah. Is that too much? <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, it's not. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of things to dive into that we probably shouldn't do or don't have time to do it today. Yeah. You've got to get a plane, you've got a plane to catch. Um, yeah. But that, I feel a little bit of that commentary in there because of that song and just how on the nose those songs are. But I don't know yeah. how much that's intentional or me reading into it, how yeah. my, just applying my own personal take on that already. Well, that's the thing. It's it's kind of like the little girl in blackface. It's like you and me will see that and interpret it one way and someone else might watch that guy sing those songs be like, oh, yeah, that's a cool song. Yeah. With like, yeah, and not get maybe the subtleties that may or may not be there. Mind you, he does have the song about Vietnam suggests that (laughs) Vietnam was a piece of shit war as well. He wasn't, that song was not in support of that war at all. No, I'm not saying that like anything about like, that is like supportive of war or that like or specific wars or yeah America's i'm just saying it's, in that. It, it's it's very much pro yeah like i said pro sacrifice yeah which pro. is which is pretty fucked up in my opinion yeah like sacrificing for a greater cause but like i just don't think those greater causes exist anymore so like what's the point fair enough um yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> um Interesting, yes. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was, a, that was an episode that was worth commenting on specifically because it was so outside the rest of the show at this point. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting episode. I just wish it was a little bit more Louie. Yeah. yeah. It's missing that Louiness. All right. Do you have any specific discussion points you want to talk about today? Um, well, yeah. So, and we saw this last season as well. Um, we We quite often in this show we are introduced it's kind of like Seinfeld like we'll be introduced to characters that we just never see again um and like one example is when I think it's the first episode is pregnancy is that right or pregnant uh yeah um and we meet his two gay neighbors or gabers if you will um wow did you just come up with yourself uh oh no I definitely stole that from something okay um (laughs) um yeah, and they, like, you know, talk about, like, community and how that's important to have people outside your family and, like, here's the lesson of the episode and then, like, we just never see them again. Sure. And um, so I guess there's, like, there's two kind of po- points slash questions in there is does, like, meeting characters and then never seeing them, does that take away from, like, your connection to maybe character and character growth or grabbing onto Louis as a character and also um, do these like these lessons that we might have from episode to episode because they're never mentioned again. Are they also lessened? Lessons, lessons, but that was are they Are, are, yeah, they, are they less because yeah. they, they're not reinforced? You don't see that continuity mm. or there's, there's a lack of – this is not a serialised story. Yeah. This is – Again, I mean, it just reinforces the format that he's going for for the most part, which I think is that these are skits or yeah. or side stories. And that's why, I mean, the fact that he, he can't even have a consistent number of siblings 
just <laughs> says how much he generally doesn't care yeah, about that it's stuff. It's not what he's doing, yeah. And so I think the purpose of the stories is to like highlight something, give it its moment of mm. in the spotlight and go, cool, yeah. that's it. And he might even come back and talk about it again. But if he talks about that issue, it's probably going to be from a completely different perspective, completely mm. different characters. The likelihood of those characters re-emerging are slimmer and slimmer. Mm. Does it? Yeah, so like I understand like the purpose of doing that or like what he's doing. I was wondering like as, as a viewer, um, yeah, does th- it affect how much you enjoy the show? I think, I think to, I think to a degree, it doesn't matter. Oh, maybe enjoy is maybe not the right word. It, it does mean those lessons are more transient. They are there and then they're gone. I really like that word. The, because one of the things, one of the strong points of the show for me are things like, I have got to a point where I connect with his daughters because they're consistent and mm, yeah. And so I know them just a little bit, just enough as two dimensional as they can be sometimes. I know them enough and his relationship with them to take that from episode to episode. And it does add something. And the same is with Pamela. Pamela is the other example mm, of this yeah. where it's one of the best things that's going on well, in this that's show. that's something that like is an arc um, this it, it season is. and through season one as well is like yeah. his relationship with Pamela. Yeah. Which is awesome. And I really like I love it. They're, they're my favorite bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the last bit, I think of the last episode is the Pamela bit where <laughs> she wants him to wave to her. Wave at me. Wait, wait for you. you. Wave at me. <laughs> and like that works because we've seen Pamela for two seasons. Mm. If that was a rando that we'd never been introduced to before, mm. That bit would have been cute, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been as funny because we don't understand we hadn't seen that conversation they had when they were at the flea market in the middle of the season. Yeah. We hadn't oh, seen the, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. With a bit the bit where he'd missed the point. Cause I remember her yeah. saying that line about <laughs> have a bath. Like, I was like, what? what? <laughs> and then the realize like I wasn't expecting him to come back around to it. But when yeah. he does on the outside, and yeah. then just he shouts into the night mm. after yeah, he misses his um, chance. Yeah, she was like, oh, do you want to have a bath? And he's like, oh, no, no. At first I was like, oh, she must have just asked if like he himself wanted to have a bath alone because of his like nonchalant response. I'm like, oh, I, maybe that's something they do. Like he goes there and has a <laughs> bath. I don't know. And then when he realized, I'm like, oh, it's devastating. Yeah. That's so devastating. Yeah. But that does, it does speak to the power of speak to the power of continuity in that aspect of having some serialized stories. Mm. Yes. So to some degree it does, I guess by having these cameo characters that come in and out for one story and then leave and never return again, it just allows the show to be whatever it wants. Mm. It de-shackles the show from its own continuity in a lot of ways though, yeah. which allows him to go do whatever he, he do wants. whatever he wants. And there's yeah. a power in that because he can talk about anything mm-hmm. and that, is cool. It's very even freeing his, as a writer. His yeah. character's not even that consistent. Like we talked about, we had that episode and and that would really frustrate me in a serialized show, but because it's, it's not trying to mm. for the most part, 90% of it, it doesn't frustrate me as much because I understand that, okay, this is this is this today's skit. This is, we're talking about yeah. comedy in LA. We're talking about Joan Rivers. We're talking yeah. about whatever it might be. Yeah, I feel like, like it, almost at every moment he's just like, breaking away con- from convention. And yeah. I think that's just like, you just have to like remove expectations, which for me is hard to do. Cause I like what I like. And I like when I see that on screen, I'm like, Oh yes, oh. This, I am responding to this. Oh yes. So you- when it's not doing that, I'm like, this is really good, but I, it's, 
it's not like going deep and like reaching my core, like something like Parks and Rec would. Parks and Rec, Community, Buffy. Yeah. The shows I love the most are the ones where I, there is a continuity and I connect to the people, mm-hmm. the individuals and the group and their ongoing yeah. story. There's yeah. no doubt about it. They're Watching the, ones the growth that, over seasons and seasons and like growing with yeah, a bunch of characters. Loving yeah. those characters and being completely invested in them and their ongoing stories. Yeah. They, are, they will continue to be the most effective stories and my favourite stories, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I can't appreciate Louis, yeah. especially when it does it so well. Um, because I'm like you, I, I simple man, simple pleasures. That's the way I want my stuff to be. You, you remember the discussion we had about Twin Peaks. Yeah. I can really struggle with things that aren't trying to fit into what I think is the you know the structure that a show should take on to mm. it or what I know is effective for me. But Louis, Louis, le, le, the thing about Louis is it as cynical and as satirical as it can be sometimes, it also wears its heart on its sleeve mm-hmm. a lot of the time and there's a sentimentality there that especially the Pamela stuff goes a long way to just, it, I give it the benefit of the doubt so often because of it. Yeah, I, th- I think a, a perfect moment of, because it's, you know, it can be so absurd sometimes, like when we see like the homeless man being like swapped out for another homeless man. That by, was like, so funny. <laughs> I love like that. Like the FBI. I was like, that was, that was very good. Uh, so like we like the giant fart in episode one. That was just, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting season. Apparently like people really didn't like that. They thought it was like um, base humor and it was just kind of like not of the standard of Louis C.K., which I've kind of like said about like the dick jokes, but I thought that or worked he, really well. Him farting during masturbation. Yeah. And, and like, I, that's I, that fine. That works for me. I mean, once again, if you craft a fart joke properly, I will probably laugh. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've got like crazy absurd moments like that homeless man thing. And then we have like these great moments of like sentimentality, like hard on your sleeve, like you were saying, when like he's declaring his love for Pamela, which sure. just really grounds the show. And it makes you like love him and care about him. And also the moments like, I believe it's the op- opening um, scene in in this season is when he's brushing his daughter's teeth. Yeah, yeah, and she's, yeah. Yeah, and yeah she's just that's like, a fantastic opener. It's so good. It's so strong um, when, you know, his daughter is saying how much that she prefers to be, you know, mums. mums and she loves her mum more. And she's like, oh, but I still like being here. And then she goes off and she's happy because she's like a little girl and doesn't realise and he just like flips her the bird as she walks out. He's like, something like, it's something like, oh, good night. And just yeah. like, it's beautiful <laughs> and loving in his voice, but yeah. the, the middle finger goes up. Yeah. yeah. That, that is, that those bits are fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, while it, it might not follow the conventions that I want, it has a strong core, which I think is, you know, it, it draws me in, but without it, I would, I would, probably not want to keep watching this show. Is that mainly just Louis himself? Is that like you were just talking about that moment there? Is it just mainly that for whatever reason, there's something appealing about him to some degree? Even I think when there's he's something being... appealing about him because he has always portrayed himself as that like single dad who like he yeah. loves so hard. Like he loves his kids so much. And he, like this is part of his, one of his stand-ups. He's talking about like, um, the dichotomy order that like parents constantly live in where, you know, they're like, Oh, I love you so much that like, it, it makes me love other people. And it's so incredible. But like, I regret, I also regret every decision I ever made that led to you being born. <laughs> like, it's that kind of, which, you know, it's that raw honesty yeah. um, and living in like the gray area. Yeah. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Just going back to the, the fart joke for a second, just because I, I think it's worth talking about. I think one of the, the things- fart that, joke? Yeah, or just when he puts in like a fart joke, right? Mm-hmm. Which a couple, happens a couple of times. Um, I think one of the things that saves it in a way is they talk about how Louis is a comedian's comedian. Mm. Like a lot of his, a lot of what he does is like talking about comedy. Like the, what we we're talking about before about the blackface bit, right? Mm. In a way is talking is like, it's funny because you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> One of the things about the fart jokes, I think is that they choose the most ridiculous audio cues. <laughs> like they're not trying, they're not trying to be, uh, surprising. They're not trying to be authentic. They just go for the dumbest, like raspberry, yeah. <laughs> the biggest like, fart possible, yeah. silliest foley you've yeah. ever heard for them. And I yeah. think that helps because it knows it's dumb, yeah, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. The part of the part of the the joke is like it's okay to laugh at fart jokes can be funny, yeah. Farts are funny. They 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 are funny. They are genuinely funny. Um, Anything else you would like to talk about specifically? Well, I already. Mentioned deviating from the expected. Um, let's just Joan Rivers. How did how did you like that episode? Did that do it for you? Or uh, it, kind of. It's similar to like he has a couple of. There's like three conversations I can think of where he has with other comedians. Um, so he's got you got Joan Rivers, you got Chris Rock, and you've got is it Dean? I can't remember his name now. Dane Cook. Dane Cook. And he's yeah. talking Dane Cook. So he's there's these. Sort of three, I think. There might even be another one. I can't remember, can't remember off the top of my head. But at least three conversations he has with other comedians, and I find them good. They, I mean, they don't, they're not necessarily emotionally impactful like some of the other stuff is. They they live outside my world because he's talking to comedians about show business, and I don't live in that world, and that's okay. Joan Rivers isn't. I'll be honest with you. Is not a great actress, which no, she's not. <laughs> she's really, you know, forcing some something out there. Mm. It was fine for what like, it was. I got a bit of respect for Joan Rivers watching that as well. Yeah, I, I, I got emotional simply because Joan Rivers is no longer with us. Sure, and um, it was just nice to see her talking about like the things she loves and the things that she's passionate about, yeah. and like, um, and like the res- the respect that. Louis has for like a comedian that's like been in the industry for so long and like survived for so long. Um, yeah, I just kind of really liked it. Yeah. And it was nice to like, obviously like it's a different part of the industry, but you know, as someone who like would like to be a writer, uh-huh. it was just nice to talk about people about, you know, 
see people talk about being creative and what that means and like the the work that goes into that. I oh, know I, I kind of liked it, but maybe it was a wank fest. I, I don't know, but I, I liked it. Didn't dislike it. There was it wasn't. It was for what it was. It was fine. It doesn't stand out as one of the most memorable moments of the episode for me. But I watched it at the time and went, "Oh yeah, cool." Mm. This is good. Uh, yeah, I, I was watching. I'm like, I'm glad this exists. Yeah. Like now, now that she's gone, I'm like, I just think it was a nice little, a nice little moment. I, I'm not that familiar with Joan Rivers, really. I was, I have seen more representations of Joan Rivers as like cartoon characters right. in like, like Futurama, yeah, yeah, than I have of her actually her. So for that, in that aspect, I did like that because mm. it was like, oh, cool. I think I've actually seen you talk about yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit more about you now. I have a bit more respect for you, which was cool. Uh, the Dane Cook stuff. What do you think about that? I really like that. Because that was a real, was that a real controversy? around? Yeah. yeah I, I thought so. Like, I feel like I'd heard about it, but I've never really, you know, gone yeah, much no, into I, it. I thought it was very interesting. One that like, that they both agreed to do it. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I thought that was very, very cool. To, um, and also like, it's Louis show, but at no point, um, is he like getting the best of Dane Cook or Not like his all. point is stronger. I mean, I think they're both making pretty valid points. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it was just kind of fascinating to watch. I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm being allowed to watch this. Did this it conversation. feel authentic? Like, did it feel like, oh, this is, uh, this represents a real conversation or did it, it felt like to me, it still felt very similar in not as much as the duckling episode, but it was very manicured. It was very well, like, that's the thing. I mean, it, it did feel real, but every like, they were so well balanced that I'm like, if this was an actual conversation, it would be probably far more heated. And um, yeah. yeah. Whereas they were both very like, they were well balanced and kind of holding back in a respectful way, which may or may not happen in real life. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a cool, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, that's a cool way to address the issue. Mm. Like if this is something that's going on and you do have people who are talking on your behalf or, you know, like dumping on Dane Cook and stuff like that because of what they, you know, and Louis had, it's cool that you, you've now had that conversation one way or another, even if the conversation is about how you haven't had the conversation, that's still an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's cool to see that. It's cool to see that in the format of the TV show. I wish I was more familiar. I was aware of it, but we wish I was more familiar with actually. Yeah, I mean, was, I was aware of it and had like read about it before, but that was like years ago. Like this happened. I feel a like I've read about ago. it in other contexts yeah. with other comedians as well, though. Like, yeah, I mean, when you YouTube is actually, I've heard more about it with YouTube. So that's sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to myself. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of controversy between those two it comes up when people are talking about um what's that that latino comedian who was notorious for stealing jokes don't know i think think you know stand-up comedy scene more than me Mm. anyway like he like so that and there's this um great it's on youtube it's on youtube um there's a great footage of joe rogan who has a pretty cool podcast um Anyway, he, he's, he's a comedian and he gets up on stage and just starts like like nailing this guy. He's like, you know, you still jo- – it's, it's great. And they're just like having like this kind of like conversation, a very loud conversation about it. Um, so like that comes up when you're talking about Louis C.K. and Dane Cook as well as like the new controversies around like Amy Schumer and her stealing jokes as well. Yeah, I'm actually Amy yeah. Schumer was one of the more recent ones I remember hearing about, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's definitely something that happens and I – but so it's – it's kind of good to see a, a conversation about it. It's not just like two camps screaming at each other. Do you have a perspective on that? Just that phenomenon? 
of stealing jokes. Yeah, yeah, and because it, it comes up so much. Mm, um. I mean, I think there's always going to be some crossover of material. Yeah. Um, particularly if, like, you're just kind of one of those comedians that just, like, talks about your life and if, mm-hmm. like, you know, people are, are parents or or people are dating, like, there's going to be some sort of vague crossover. But that's different than people who, like, you can clearly see, oh, that's, like, almost verbatim, word for word, mm-hmm. you've taken that joke. Um I mean, I, that's stealing someone's intellectual property. I'm, I'm very, I, I think it's an awful thing to do. What about if it's like the Louis posits in that conversation, the possibility that he heard it unconsciously, put it away in the back of his head and it came out one day as he was trying to write something, not, not intentionally realizing that it was, um, someone else's joke. Mm. So what, Hey, what, like that as an idea or in what the response should be there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, sure, I think that can happen. I mean, sometimes I'll be writing something and then I'll look back on it and I was like, I think that I'm pretty sure that's mine, but gosh, it sounds familiar. And so, like, I'll even do a Google search. I'm like, is, 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 does this exist in the world? Because I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it is a kind of a worry of mine if I write something that I'm just like, huh, that's really funny. I don't think I made that up. Because, yeah, um, but I think, like, if, if it does come out that you did take or unconsciously take something or something is so similar, I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's really important to say it, it is possible that that happened and I, yeah, I apologise if, if you if it looks like that, um, my intent was not to steal, um, and you know, do something like one, I'll never use the joke again. And two, I can remove it from whatever, whatever is out there. Cause it, you know, it, cause there's, there's times when you can clearly see there's like a direct parallel. It was like, Oh, it's almost like word for word. Yeah. Um, in, in that instance, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You said it first. The the bad thing that happened to Dane Cook as well was that it seems like there's at least three jokes Mm. or there's like, there's a series of jokes. It's not just like one joke that was similar and like, you know, could have come from somewhere else to do it three times. That's you're getting negligent (laughs) at that point. Yeah. um, Again, not knowing the issue completely, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Three jokes in like one set is a lot. Um, in one set, was it? Wow. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I assume that's what you meant. Oh, I just, if it was three jokes, it could oh. have been over two years. It could have still been pretty egregious to. Yeah. If they're that similar. Again, don't I know just the feel issue. like if you're like a comedian and I'm assuming you're hanging out with other comedians, wouldn't someone be like, oh, I've heard that joke before? Mm. When you have that conversation. Before, you think like, you would know. You would know what's going on around you. That would be mm. part of like you're doing research and getting inspiration. Yeah. You would be able to sort of. But maybe that's like one of the difference differences between like Louis CK and Dane Cook is like Louis CK is so obviously and proudly a comedy nerd and he's mm. so aware of like his influences and who like and you know what everyone else is doing because he loves the like the craft so much and maybe Dane Cook is just sitting at home writing jokes is that part of the problem not, the little, difference between someone who's like he's a little sold isolated, out or yeah. is like just in it for the money or show business whereas Louis is so obviously a well, comedian's comedian like he's you know, just in it for the money or anything like that. But he just might, he, he might not see the comedy scene as more as a community thing. Yeah, He's sure. just doing his own thing. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and like as in isolation, which we kind of see when like 
Louis walking through like 15 different doors with like yeah. a million security guards around him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mm. I mean, it's a complex issue and like it's there's no like one answer for like all situations because totally, they're yeah. all so different. Yeah, yeah you've got to approach every situation as an individual yeah. thing. All right, let's uh, let's start wrapping this up a little bit because um, I'm not sure there's a whole lot more. I don't think so. I mean, it's a little harder to talk about a show like this because there isn't an, you know, a arching, overarching, like, narrative throughout. It's, Definitely. Yeah. I'm wondering whether there's going to have I'm, – I'm still anticipating we're going to get to a point we're going to feel the show change a bit more and that that's going to be commenting on. It's going to be awkward if we get to season five and go, yeah, this is kind of another <laughs> season of Louie. Well, I've, I've actually this, removed – This episode's like 20 minutes yeah, long now. Yeah, I've actually removed that expectation because I'm not actually sure that it will – I, I've got that expectation. I had a conversation with someone just a couple of weeks ago mm. who could not get over how sort of dark and serious Louis got towards the end. Like it turned really? him off. And oh, like okay. he couldn't approach Horace and Pete because it was just like he felt it was too wanky for him, which to me is like I've, I'm, I'm happy to, to check that out. You love a good wank. Totally, you? totally. Yeah. There's a whole episode about that in uh, oh, 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 Come On God. Just check out that episode. It tells you all about yes. <laughs> I'm on board with that sentiment. Yeah. Um, the, the farting as well? No. Okay. Not the farting. The <laughs> I like that actress in that episode though. I thought she was really good. She was great. Yeah. She was very like warm and open and like you'd be like, even though she's obviously on the complete other side of existence as Louie, you can be like, yeah, there's definitely an attraction there. Yeah. yeah. And she's very funny and like laughed his jokes and she was, yeah. Were you waiting for that to turn to that he'd been fantasizing that in – that, no. Because I was waiting after he's like failed. So just to catch people up. So he goes on this show. They're talking about masturbation. He's pro-masturbation. She is anti-masturbation. They, I think anyone is anti-masturbation is very funny to me anyway. He goes home and tries to masturbate to this image of this, like fantasize about this girl he saw in the uh, elevator. He can't do it. And then it cuts to him going to one of those. They have like meetings right, that this woman runs, the um, anti-masturbation one, and then they end up having a drink and, like, essentially going on a date and she brings him up to his room mm. and then she starts talking about just, like, in, the, like, the hottest possible terms why celibacy would be, like, it's amazing. So, the way she describes not having sex is so erotic. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah, let's wait till marriage, which, baby. Which is hilarious, which is funny when, when the the... Uh, the punch on that is then he goes to the bathroom and then starts having a wank. Furiously masturbating, yeah. Right. And then I, but I was waiting for that to be, all, that entire sequence of him going to the meeting and him having that, com- mm. that conversation, everything in that, to be him being back at home in the same chair. And that was his masturbating yeah. to her yeah. and like ah, turning that into a fantasy. Okay. You know, it didn't occur to me. Especially, did you see, I loved this, it was one of my favorite subtle jokes in the thing. Did you see the uh, poster, like the, the, the sign that they had at the anti-masturbation what was meeting. It? It's like a cross being held by two hands and there's one hand around like the bottom shaft and another hand that's like cupping the bottom <laughs> of it. And it's totally the idea that's like cupping balls. Yeah. It's like, it was just like, Oh, I didn't oh. see it. I'll have and to that, go back and look at it. Yeah. Check it out. It's very funny. It's very subtle, but very funny. And, it, and I was just like, to me, I was like, that was the clue in that this is not real because mm. only surely you'd be too, Self-aware to do that. And that would be a joke that would be in your head or in mm, Louis's head anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I did like that episode. Anyway, yeah, let's move on. 
Favorite and least favorite episode, starting with your favorite episode, Damask. My favorite is Subway slash Pamela. Uh, I think the two shorts are great in very different ways. So you got the first one where Louis, you know, he's, I think he's finished a set or he's either going to a set um, and he's on the subway and he's having this, he's like observing people and he has like this little, it's, very small and cute, but it's great. Uh, this tiny little fantasy of like, you know, everyone's standing up because like there's like this swishing black liquid sitting on the seat. And so he like takes off, I think it's like his jacket or whatever. Yeah. And he just like sops it up. And then like, so people can sit down and he's just like this incredible hero to everyone. Yeah. I was like, that's like a legitimate like fantasy you would have on a train. Totally. It's so simple. It's so stupid. It's great. Um, Very relatable internal Yeah, which thought. is totally like his like his comedy is yeah. like you know the the stupid simplicity of yeah of life. Um, so and it was like just I think it was was it black and white. Yes, it was. Yeah, it, it was black and white. Um, it was just like simple and stupid, but great. And then but like kind of absurd and silly. And then we have he's walking through a market with Pamela and he has this moment where he's like, no, I just, I just need to tell you, I just need once like no expectations. Like I know that you don't feel the same way. I just need to say it. Just let me, please let me say it. And she and is like, just don't, just, don't, yeah, do don't. not do oh, it. God, please don't. And I think we've all been there. We're like, just please just let me say it. Just yeah. let me say it. Um, and he does. And he says like this big rambling, great big speech from like every rom-com that's ever existed. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, that's it. And she's like, all right, cool. And just like, keep on walking. Like, you know, nothing's really happened. I just, I, it was, I mean, I just love Louis and Pamela together. I think their dyna- dynamic is such a delight to watch. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's always lovely to see like Louis, like express how much he like either loves his daughters or like cares about Pamela, or just like put his heart on his sleeve. Um, and I just thought they were two really solid shorts. Yep. Yeah. So that would be my favorite. Cool. Mm, what about you? My favorite episode was episode nine, Eddie. Yeah. Which we haven't even spoken about at all yet. No, we haven't. No. Which is basically an episode where. What was the first half of that one? It was all, it was just, it's why it's called Eddie because it's entirely him. Oh, so, I thought that was a two-parter as well. Mm, mm, no. Oh, okay. So, my mistake, sorry. So in that one, this old friend of Louis, another comedian, Eddie, um, sort of reappears in his life. He hasn't seen him for two decades. And he's just in town. He's come to see Louis at one of his sets and he's kind of an asshole. He is like he picks fights with everybody. He's an asshole to the guy at the liquor store. He's just a bad dude. He's sort of, he's really into his humor as a comedian seems to come from just being a shithead. Yeah, it's, it's from darkness. I think it's like the classic idea of like what, Really, men think they need to be to be a comedian, in mm-hmm. which they're like they're just kind of like gruff assholes. They drink too much, mm-hmm. um, you know. They're not about selling out. They're like, yeah, constantly critiquing other people, and like everything's bullshit. Um, yeah, it's like that old school idea of what a comedian's meant to be. Yeah, and then you've got Louis along for the ride with this, and him trying to deal with him. But then the the where it all leads to, and the crescendo of the episode is when Eddie gets to the end of the episode, and he's. They're over in Brooklyn and and he's just railing against the world. He's railing against water, right? He's just, oh, I can't believe you're drinking <laughs> like, water. When you start complaining about water, you've gone too far, yeah. And then Louis's just like, what's, what's up, man? Yeah. And then it starts this conversation about how Eddie is going to end his life. He's got one more show in somewhere. I can't remember Maine or something. Something like that. Yeah. 
and he's going to hit the road and he's going to go there and he's going to get a meal and book a hotel and he's going to take a bunch of tablets and end his own life because he's got nothing. He's got nobody in his life really. He And just a really, really honest conversation, sober conversation about why someone might want to end their life. Mm. And then Louis' response is trying to talk him out of that and yeah. why he shouldn't do that. I just thought it was really compelling and beautiful and honest and real. And I've never had that conversation with somebody, but it felt familiar in a way. Like, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've known a few people who were, you know, suicidal bef- before, um, but none have been so logical about it because mm-hmm. usually sure. it's coming from a place of like deep like severe mental illness um are they that sort of calm and just sort of um uh, like he's already he's there like he's in his mind it's not even a question it's just what he's going to do at this stage mm. he was so solid on that thought yeah i mean resolute is the one generally for. not because like i feel from, just from my personal experience, when someone is suicidal but doesn't want to be, mm-hmm. then generally that calmness isn't there. Totally. Because um, generally like the, in the moment you find out they're suicidal, it's them, them reaching out um, in what in whatever way that might be. Yeah. Whether that might be an attempt or, you know, just a dialogue, whatever it might be. I feel like when you reach that level of calmness where it's not – there is no – real plan to reach out because he's like he's talking to Louis about it but he's not like you know I'm saying this so you stop me it's just you know letting you know what's up yeah um saying goodbye yeah um yeah when it's that level of calmness I feel like it's it's just gonna happen you're not gonna see it coming really it's just like they're just gonna you know leave and it's cool I like the way the episode ends in that regard Louis doesn't talk him out of it Mm. we don't know if he ends up doing that but we Mm don't know that he didn't either. The yeah. show, the episode just ends. Yeah. Um, I really, really like that. Yeah, I, I think it's a great episode. Yeah. It um, it reminds me of why I like the bully episode in the season beforehand mm. because of where they end up going and places yeah. I didn't expect. Yeah. Both of them ended up being episode nine. I'm wondering if this is a bit oh, of a Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones thing where episode nine <laughs> is going to be like the episode that I love every yeah. season. It's going to be like the the – the money episode. Mm. Um, so that was my favorite. What about your least favorite episode, Damascus? My least favorite is Duckling for the reasons that I've already stated. I was going to give it to something else and you, I've changed my mind. I'm going to make it Duckling as well. I think for, for is every- that because it's the least Louis episode. I think that's exactly yeah. it. It's, I think the, uh, the episode I was thinking of making my least episode was Nice. And I was kind of scratching my head as to like, which one would be, it could have been the first one as well. It could have been pregnant. Mm. Just because it was, it came down more to I didn't think what they were going for. They necessarily reached or got to, but but I have to give them props if I think about it for trying something like the niece thing. While it didn't engage me a whole lot, it was going for something interesting there at least, and it ends in an interesting place. And it's it's aiming for higher, and it's exactly what Duckling isn't doing. Yeah. It's got this potential to aim for something really high. It's got the right setting and the yeah. right lo- right story, yeah. but then it just doesn't has no ambition to be that. And that sucks because Louis is at best when it's doing that. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's where I come to. All right, I'm going to ask you what your rating was. I'm giving this four stars mm. this time. So I gave it 3.5 last time mm-hmm. and I think there's a solid half star improvement at least. I it could even see an argument for 4.5. But again, I think the thing that's holding me back is that as much as I enjoy it, 
I'm not like, I'm not connected to many people in the show. It's like what we've talked about for whatever reason, you and I both seem to like shows where it's like stuff. Yeah. Like you, you, you latch onto the characters because there's ongoing storylines and you genuinely have affection for them. There's emotional investment emotional in where investment. they're going. Cool. And this show doesn't really have that for me apart from the Pamela stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really solid. I enjoy watching it. I get a laugh out of it, especially this season. Um, it's very interesting, really well made. I like, I've got very few faults except it's just, I don't love it yet. So I'm going to give it four stars. Yeah. I mean, I'm debating between 3.5 and four. What did you give it last time? Do I you gave it four last time. Sure. Um, so you feel that this is potentially even a step down on last season? I just don't, yeah. I mean, maybe because I was more lenient on season one because it was its first season and I had excitement and expectations about where it was going to go. Whereas this is its second season and it's still kind of the same thing. Okay. That's interesting. Um, Cause I found it hitting its stride it's, in a lot of ways. I found yeah, it being more successful. That doesn't mean more it's a worse season though. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with four cause it is a really, really, really good season. Yeah, because I think I was going to remove that half point just because it wasn't. Wasn't as exciting to you? It didn't. Didn't. No, I think I just expect my expectations were higher for this season. I think. Sure. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I think I think it's great, but yeah, like you said, I don't love it because also, like you say, you know, we do love those shows like Parks and Rec, and I love the American Office and you know Community and all that stuff. And there's like, I love my comedy with a big chunk of heart which this does have a bit of that but i i mean if it yeah it really grabs me because i fall in love with who's on screen yeah and that's not happening so i yeah i'm trying to come to terms with that i think it's really interesting actually it's interesting uh looking at the perspective we've got here you you had four stars for season one i had 3.5 i think this was a little more successful you already thought it was slightly higher, so just staying that level wasn't as good for you, so you want to give it a little bit less. I feeling like that says a lot about the show. It's not it's not going up or down too much. It's staying about yeah. the same. Um, I guess he's just doing what he's doing, and he likes what he's doing, yeah. and that's cool, and I'm like, I can't fault him on that. I think he has a very clear vision. Do you know what's something I think that works for the show as well is that mm. they're 21, 22-minute episodes. Oh, like, it's... They're it's just really in nice and out. To, to watch this show because yeah. it is so easy to watch. Whereas, you know, a lot of the shows we're watching, they're, they're really, really long. And, and they can get bogged down sometimes. And, and so, so, so many times it's so heavy and mm-hmm. so, uh, it's nice to watch like a short comedy. It really is. It's a huge relief. Yeah. Cool. So this was a little bit of a short episode. We don't really have a whole lot more to say about Louis at this stage. We're going to watch season three, I assume. We are, yeah, yes. Um, but what we might do, just to fill in a little extra time, make sure you get a nice uh, one hour, nice longish episode of Hunting Seasons, we're just going to answer a couple of reader questions. We've got a couple Woo! of uh, questions from people listening to the show, which is lovely. Let's start with one from Sean Kirkpatrick, which I think uh, – Listeners of the show will be familiar with. He's the man who developed our wonderful graphics and uh, mm-hmm. logos and stuff like that. Yep. I might also point out he's got a rad Instagram account that everyone should check out. Yeah, it's really, really good. He's doing this thing at the moment this year where he's doing a drawing every day mm-hmm. um, using Copic markers a lot of the time, I think, is part of his style. Um, you can find his stuff on Instagram under Shawnee Boy Draws. 
S-E-A-N-Y-B-O-Y-D-R-A-W-S, I believe. Um, I highly recommend looking look him up and follow him because his stuff is excellent. And it's fun to watch like how he started with this to where he's at now. And he mm. does some cool stuff. Yeah. Anyway, great guy. You should check out Sean Kirkpatrick's stuff. Here's a question to us. In your personal opinions, what is preferable? Bad writing being saved by brilliant acting performances or bad acting being saved by a brilliant script? I've just sprung this one to math, so she's going to have a think about this for a second. <laughs> I have seen this question earlier, so I've, I've had a little bit of a think about this. Mm. I think at the, um, at the end of the day, I think the script is probably a little bit more important. I think both... It works both ways, though. A bad script can definitely be improved by better acting and bad acting can be improved by a better script, though I think that's... Well, I was going to say, I think that's... Well, I mean, like, performance obviously is incredibly important, but if, like, the story is bad, then how is, like, acting ever going to improve that? Yeah, if you've got just a crap script, a crap... Yeah, I mean, I've if seen it's like I'm, a one-off episode, then like that's different. But if like the script, like when we're talking about like the overall story, that's I mean, it's got to be good. Otherwise, just a crappy TV show. Because script, I think script sometimes people can think that means. And I don't think this is necessarily what Sean was saying, but script can people can think it means just dialogue. And it's not just about dialogue; mm-hmm. it's about everything. It's about the story, the flow, the conversation, like the, all those things. At a, if you don't have those at a script level, I think it's a lot harder to change. Yeah. It can be fixed. But if you are if you are going off a script for what a script says, then having a strong script gives you a strong foundation yeah. to do lots of things. It informs the performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think like if you have a bad script, you know, I I good actor or a group of good actors isn't going to fix that. You need like, you need the good actors. You need a great director. You need a great editor in order to like kind of make that work. If mm-hmm. it's not already working at its base level, like the script is the foundation. Yeah. If the foundation is rotten, it's really hard to do anything with that. Um, whereas an actor is just like one facet of it. You can kind of edit around a bad performance. That's a little true better. too. Yeah. yeah. The, um, it's, I'm thinking like, films that have had good performances but have had a shit story or a shit script or the movie's been shit around it even though the performances have been good Mm. and that can make a film watchable but I don't think it can make a film great Um, but I think I can forgive I mean yeah a better performance is always going to help but a a solid script and an interesting story and those things do go a long way Mm. Mm. tricky but I think I'm going to give it to script over performance like you need a better script. I think yeah. the, I think the script has to be there first. Yeah, I agree. I don't. <clears throat> I think yeah, it doesn't mean you can get away with just a good script. No, like <laughs> that's, that's not sure. enough. Yeah, but I think that has to come first. Um, yeah, otherwise you just yeah you just end up watching having some have someone have fun playing around, but it's not going to mean much mm. beyond being entertained to watch. Yeah. Anyway, you happy with that? I am happy with that, yes. Cool. We have a second reader question from our friend Joel McDonald as well. We've mentioned him in the past. He um, does a podcast with another friend of ours, Kyron Morrison, um, called Dialogue Options. It's a video game podcast. I highly recommend people Nerds. check it out. I've been on that show, right? Leave, leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he asks, is having to watch things to look at them from an analytical point of view ruining them for you in any way? Or is it better that you force yourself through bad episodes or seasons to get to the potentially good stuff? 
So I think the crux of that question is, um, is doing watching shows for the sake of the podcast, like making ourselves watch TV shows. Is that helping us to enjoy more stuff or is it ruining our ability to actually enjoy television by just watching it for the sake of watching it? My answer for this is I've always been watching television <laughs> shows from an analytical point of view. Yeah, I can't yeah, help it. Yeah. I'm that person who comes out of a watching an episode of television or coming out of a movie wanting to talk about it. I'm, I mean, that's why we started the podcast because that's what we do. We watch something and then we talk about it incessantly. Yeah. So like for, I'm not forcing myself to do it. I would anyway. I'm just putting a microphone in front of my face and recording <laughs> as I go. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm sure people hate it, but. I, I love that conversation. I, I go see Star Wars Episode 7. I want to have that, like, mm. at midnight. Everyone's wrecked. It's 2 or 3 in the morning. we went and saw Rogue, Rogue One. One. <laughs> and then direct, like, it, it, as soon as it finished, you and I were having a conversation. Yeah. And your brother Liam was there because we're in, like, a big group, all excited to see it. And he pretty much just turned around or, or turned to us and told us to, like, shut up and just enjoy something for once. We're like, we are enjoying it. Yeah. We talked about what we loved first. But there's nothing wrong with, like, critiquing something because that's what we like doing, yeah. He, he was he did not appreciate it. He was railing because I was sitting next to him and I would literally, like, grab him and go, oh, at parts that I was loving, right? right? So he knew that I was enjoying the movie. Yeah. So I think what frustrated him was then I spoke to you, I would speak to you and we start talking about, like, oh, the characters are a little bit thin mm. or, like... The pacing is a little clunky. There's that bit in the middle of the rain, which is like, oh, I don't think they need to be there. They didn't yeah. quite, you know, that yeah. could have achieved we need more. Some more bonding moments, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he <laughs> says, well, you just sat there and like grabbed my arm every 10 minutes because you were like, oh, about but this he movie. he only listened to like the second half of our conversation. He didn't listen to the bit where we were like, oh, yeah, that was like a lot of fun. And I really liked this and this and this. Yeah. Um, so from that. <laughs> but he's had to like listen to you talk about that kind of stuff his entire life. So yeah. he's probably coming from a different place. Yeah. yeah. He just. Yeah. I understand if people have the perspective that if I come out of a movie and start like picking it apart, that means I'm not enjoying it. That the truth is I, it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying anything. It just means the way I try to explain it is I, I think I'm good at knowing why I didn't and didn't like something. That's something I've, I'm, I can do. I can like come out of seeing a movie and go, I liked it for these reasons or I didn't like it and here's why. And while some people are still absorbing it, I'm ready to talk about it and I want to have that com- conversation. Sometimes I want to be convinced. I want people to turn around and like, I came out of episode seven, Star Wars episode seven, feeling a little bit uh, about it because I went in with this real fear that it was going to be a remake of A New Hope and it kind of was. Yeah. And my first reaction was like, as much as I loved elements of this, kind of sucks we had to have a Death Star again. And it kind of sucks we had everything felt like it was a repeat of what we've already seen. But then I saw it for the second, third, fourth, <laughs> fifth, fifth time at the cinemas and I loved it more and more as I went. Yeah. And I started to appreciate the story for what it was and less what it, it, it was familiar to me. Anyway. Yeah, you critiquing something is not you dismissing it. It's no. you engaging more with the material, um, which I think shows the movie more respect than someone's been like, yeah, I liked it, or yeah, I didn't really like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just how you engage with film and television, which I think is great. So, yeah, what about um, you? I mean, I'm definitely appro- approaching even when I'm like watching films now differently than I did before. Um, before the podcast. Before the podcast. Oh, wow. I've never yeah. taken notes before. That's definitely new well, for that's, me. That is different. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, sometimes it does, it does feel like work. 
Sure. Um, I'm finding though, well, it's different for like kind of different categories. Like if it's doing a rewatch, then I really appreciate it because then I like get to relook at something that I really, really like and really think about why I like it or why I didn't like that or why I felt, oh, that episode didn't really work or that character doesn't really work or that does. And so I'm really enjoying that. I, th- I think that's really just helpful for me um, as a writer. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially someone who's like you're doing this craft. Yeah. yeah. Um, s- sometimes you know, you know, we're talking about Louis this week. I I think it might be hurting it a little bit for me to um, be looking at so many different elements instead mm-hmm. of just like sitting back and watching it. And and mar- I don't really think this show should be marathon particularly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's different case by case. Sure. I mean, because I, I had never seen Westworld before, but I actually really enjoyed deep diving into that show. Yeah. Like, that was so much fun to do. and re- But I think we would have done that anyway. Like, we and I would have, like, sm- like smashed it and just, like, really talked about it. Like, the way we do with Game of Thrones and stuff. Totally. Well, well we except with Game of Thrones, we watch it week by week. week. That's true, yeah. And I'm – what I would like to get to with the but podcast – we would have done that with Westworld, though is done it week by week. Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping is that is that now that we've caught up, like part of part of doing it, part of the reason we did Westworld, even though it's not, the second season not coming out until 2018 by the looks of things, <laughs> was the idea that we can catch up a little bit. And one of the reasons I'm happy that we're doing Orange, Orange is the New Black at the moment is because we can actually catch up on that show mm, yeah. before the new season comes out. Yeah. I think we might just make it. Although because you're going away, that might not happen. But doesn't anyway, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. The That means that we can, although that's a show that comes out and is, it all comes out at once anyway. Mm-hmm. But we can catch up to it. What I'm hoping that with Westworld Season 2, we can watch that week by week. And oh, yeah, the, I'm definitely watching week by week. And yeah. then at the end of that season, we'll talk have a big mm-hmm. podcast about it. We might even just have a little 10 minutes at the end of other podcasts little or something like that. Little mini episodes, yeah. Little mini just like, oh, and so we've, you know, and the same with Game of Thrones. I would love to do a Game of Thrones without having to do the previous seasons, just acknowledging mm. that we are up to date with that show yeah. as it happens. Um, but we'll see, um, because yeah, it, it, it does, does change things to, to, to splurge. It's funny because that's becoming the norm though, to like just marathon through a show. Yeah, I mean, it's not the marathoning that I think for most of the shows that is making it back. It's just like the extensive note taking. Okay. And not just being able to sit back and watch like four episodes. Like that was awesome. Like I'm taking like so many notes that it's just, it, it sometimes it does get in the way. I'm taking fewer depending on the show. Some well, of yeah, it. Obviously depending on the show. I mean, for Louie, I'm not taking that many at all. I'm taking a lot of like, I did with Westwood a lot, but that yeah. was because I was helping. That was really helping to formulate my thoughts around mm-hmm. a show that was complex there was in its structure. There a lot going on there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like keep up with character names and stuff like that. And the same with Orange is the New Black to a degree. On some levels, I'm getting to a point now where I'm just like, hmm, this is something I'm noticing a lot of. Put that in a dot point. Let's talk about that. And because it's so recent, I'm not going to fall behind on those. I'll, I should know the specifics well enough to talk about it. Yeah, I wonder, like I was wondering if I had just watched Twin Peaks outside of this would my opinion be different? I'm not sure. Um, would it be better? Maybe. I know it's it's hard, really hard to tell. I I don't know. I don't. I guess my answer is like I'm not sure. I just 
I guess it is. It's good because it's exposing me to shows that I probably wouldn't have watched. That's the otherwise. that's the thing. Like. I think that's the biggest positive um, yeah. because I do watch so much television that sometimes like a show will just pass me by. I'm like, I don't have time to watch it because I'm mm-hmm. watching 15 other things this week. Um, so in that way, it's really really good. And I also think like as much times like it sometimes it does feel like work. I think that's important because like I want this to be my job. So you know, sometimes it's going to feel like work. Yeah, totally. And you just got to deal with it. Yeah. And you you hear that from people who. Um, I was on the, on the way to your place. I was listening to a podcast and they're talking about um, someone gave uh, Zelda, great game, by the way. I'm still playing. It's still affecting my sleep. The, <laughs> that had been getting critical acclaim and one, this quite prolific reviewer gave it a 7 out of 10, which is not a bad score for a game, mm-hmm. but was dramatically below. And the that got into a conversation about how people were rallying against this guy because he'd brought down the Metacritic score. And that just started talking about, then that, that, that conversation led into a conversation just about, um, generally like what it means to like have share your opinion as a job. And like even people who you're talking about getting to the job of like writing stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But even people who are doing this, cause we're doing this as a hobby at the moment. We're mm-hmm. not getting nothing out of this. This takes up our time and our energy. Believe it or not, but sponsors are, Few, not turning up not just yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, got merch on the way though. We did talk about that. That's a that's joke, true. by the way. <laughs> we don't. Um, but the but that was interesting. Just talking like that is work to play or watch a bunch of things and have that conversation. These people's jobs is to share their opinion, mm. and while that seems like kind of a whatever sort of job, it's it's tough. Like. Mm. Listening to some of the people I t- talk to, uh, listen to on podcasts and stuff, they watch so much stuff. Yeah. And like, it's, it is work. Yeah. I mean, but as that doesn't mean like, it's not rewarding either. Yeah. So you're like taking time away from just doing, I don't know, whatever the hell you want to do. Watching whatever you want to yeah. watch. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's work, even though it's something as silly as watching TV. <laughs> yeah. I guess the point I want to come to is that while it does seem like, like, force, Joel, forcing, if you go back to your question, forcing myself to watch a bad episode or a bad, season as much as that yeah is work to do it it is rewarding because now i've seen twin peaks or at least season one of twin peaks Mm -hmm. and i can have an opinion and a stance on that show that is and it makes me i look at that show now with the knowledge of what it is because i've seen it and i can reflect that on back on what other people think of it and what that means about me or what that means about the medium of television and storytelling and all those things and that's very worthwhile to watch Dead Like Me, good example as yeah. well. Like that's fascinating to me that people like that as much as they do. Or Breaking Bad and we discussed like the people's reactions to Walter White. Mm. That is fascinating. I know more about yeah. the world because I was able to watch yeah. that show. We're allowing ourselves to have informed opinions, which is, you know, helpful. It is good. Mm. I think ultimately it's for the best or better. That we're- Even if there's no good stuff at the end, it's yeah. still good. And I like that we have a clause that's just like... <laughs> I'm not watching any more of this. Yeah. I'm done with this. I mean, I, I think, you know, our conversations about Dead Like Me, one, they're entertaining because we're so angry. Um, but also, like, I think it's just a really important discussion to have about, like, when something just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, that's just as important as, like, talking about the stuff, like, Avatar, like, that we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Both those conversations are equally valid, I think. Yeah. And it's and it's important if, if part of the service is that people never watch Dead Like Me. <laughs> Um, You're welcome. Well, you know, but that there is something about we've only got limited hours, and like we we have decided to deliberately give a certain amount of time every week to watching television shows that we wouldn't otherwise. Mm. But that was our choice. But 
having informed ideas on what you should waste your time with or what should dedicate your time to or not. That's, that's useful too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that answers your question, Joel. If you would like to send us your own questions, feedback, comments, whatnot, you can do so by contacting us on Facebook at Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast. That's Hunting's Cast or Hunting's Cast, depending on how you want to appropriate that. Email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. Masky Moo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Thank you again to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful logo and graphics. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net or on Instagram at seaneyboydraws. And thank you also to Jordan Calavis for writing and performing our fantastic theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. That's classic J-R-E-X. Please, if you enjoy what we do here, Give us a review and a rating on iTunes. It goes a huge way to helping the show um, find some exposure or share it with friends and family. Let people know about, share it on social media. All that stuff is great too. Uh, Next episode with me and Damask, we'll be looking at season two of Orange is the New Black. However, she's going away for a month. I am going away to Japan. For a little holiday, lucky Mm -hmm. thing. Very lucky. um, So in the meantime, we're not going to stop recording. We're going to do a little special aside thing where my brother Liam, who you may remember from the Breaking Bad Season 5 Part 2 episode, is going to come in and we're going to do four episodes in a row looking at um, an Australian comedy series that's just wrapped up recently called Please Like Me. Um, We've been wanting to do something Australian for a while since we are Australian. It has been released internationally. It has some international appeal. Um, We both really like the show um, and find it very... Um, in, this is me you and, and Liam that's do. me and yeah. Liam like the show a lot um, we have found a lot of inspiration from that show with some of our writing and some of the stuff that we work on Damascus is not such a big fan of the show no I mean there's aspects that I like but there's some things I'm like nope if we get the chance and somehow it works out that you can be on for the fourth episode and you can because you haven't watched the end of season three or mm. season four yeah no I watched like the first half of season three up to there yeah. I'd be interested in getting you on for that one mm-hmm. and maybe that can be a way to transition you back into the show and we can yeah. ditch Liam at that stage um, I only have like one demand for when Liam's on. Sure. He needs to be doing a Damascus impersonation the entire time. The entire time? The entire time. So he, has to, he already has a lisp, so that's easy enough. That's true. Um, all right, I'll run that by him, see what we can do. Okay, good. I can just, do I have to call him Damascus or? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. And, and he must wear my clothes and have a wig on. This is a audio-only podcast. I'm not sure it's that. It's not the point. It's, it's about the m- principle. method yep. acting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So look forward to that. Um, I will be back next week with Liam. Damascus will be back in about a month. I'll be in Japan. <sighs> I'm going to Japan. So jealous. <laughs> Come back with some anime, will you? Come back with some something we can watch anime-wise. Sure. Cool. You know there's this thing called the internet, right, where you don't actually have to go to Japan to watch anime? God. Did you know that? Damn it. <laughs> Why did no one tell me? We're going to leave it there, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you later. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.